Pardon the interruption, but I'm Frank Isola in Wilbon's chair. I sat in your chair last week, Tony. I'm Tony Kornheiser. Tony's going to need a new chair. Uh, Let's go. Come on. Go. No, it, it, the chair feels. It feels like it's down <laughs> one rung. It just. I doesn't. I'm not up like I used to be up. They kept telling me to go down. Well, that I was must be high. it. It must be it. I'm sorry. Know. I apologize. No, don't worry. We can get a new chair or we can get a new one of you. <laughs> Welcome to PTI, boys and girls. Wilbon is still slacking, so I am joined by our good friend from The Athletic, fill in Frank Isola. <laughs> and we begin today with Shane Lowry winning the British Open. After a bogey on the first hole yesterday, creating speculation that Lowry might gag on his big lead, which he has done in majors yep. before. Lowry birdied three of the next six holes, and the back nine was essentially a victory walk. In his wake were Brooks Kepka, Tommy Fleetwood, Jordan Spieth, Ricky Fowler, and, yeah, J.B. Holmes, deep <laughs> in the wake, all over par on the day. Frank, was the bigger story who won it or who didn't? Now, to me, it's the bigger story who won it because that is the story. And it's in Northern Ireland the first time in 68 years. An Irishman won it. And you mentioned 2016 in Oakmont. He had a four-shot lead going into the final round. Yeah. Loses to Dustin Johnson. I get it. He's not a big name. But it's a pretty cool story when you consider the location and the player being from Ireland winning it. So I'm interested in that. And I'll focus on that first. It was in Northern Ireland, yep. which is on the same island, but which is a separate country Different. and has had a history going back and forth with the Republic of Ireland era, uh, the, some sectarian problems over yes. a long period of time. I was interested to see how Lowry would be received, and he was received great. Yeah. And he, he, I thought he went out of his way in his speech to look for common ground by saying, I'm a golfer on the island of Ireland. It's saying we're, we're all sort exactly. of in this together. I thought the tournament was divided into two people. I thought the first two days was about Rory McIlroy and the enormous, insufferable pressure yeah. on Rory McIlroy, who opened the tournament in the worst possible way. He got eight. He got an eight and on the first hole. he has the, the record there as a 16-year-old. He gets an eight, and on the 18th hole in the first day, he gets a seven. Yep. He comes back the next day. I think he was minus five or minus six. He misses the cut by a little, and he did interview after interview. And my admiration from him for him grew each time. He took, he owned it. He owned the loss, the personal yes. loss of not being able to play on the weekend. He said he tried real hard. And then I thought the second two days were about Lowry because on you shoot a 63 in a major on a Saturday, you're going to win. Yeah, and, and, and he kept his distance. Yeah, and that's where he won it on a yeah, Saturday. Saturday. I get it. No Phil Mickelson, no Tiger Woods, nor, no Rory over the weekend. But when you think about what Lowry did, and wasn't it funny, especially being here in the Northeast with the way the weather was. Yesterday, the weather was Unbelievably terrible. Unbelievably hot. So, so no one was going to. I was actually jealous of all the people in the cold uh, rain. In cold rain. In Northern it, it looked livable. I, uh, the one thing that stood out for me in the tournament, J.B. Holmes was plus 17, I believe, plus 16 or 17 on the last day. Cost himself Almost a million dollars and made Brooks Kepka insane because he took so long to get to his ball and hit shots. Kepka missed four or five putts by two inches on the right hand side. Putt well. No, huh? I mean, if he putts well, that's a real tournament. How about a second, a first, a second, and a fourth this year it, in the majors? He's, he's the best golfer in the world right now. He is. But he was, he was looking at his watch. <laughs> What's this guy doing? That's what they do to me in the course. Move along. Yeah. All right. Odell Beckham Jr. is on the cover of GQ magazine this month. That's only because Tony Kornheiser turned them down. Indeed, but I got a new suit. <laughs> in a wide-ranging interview, OBJ said he felt disrespected by the Giants when he was traded to the Browns, saying, quote, I was the main reason at keeping that brand alive. They were getting primetime games as a 5-11 and 11 team. Why? Because people want to see the show. You want to see me play. Tony, is Odell right about what he did 
for the Giants. Well, he's he's partially right. Yeah. People do want to see him play. He does put on a show. It is a very calculated and deliberate and egotistical show, and it's extraordinarily theatrical. But we're not talking about the Jacksonville Jaguars here. These are the New York Giants. They've won two Super Bowls in the last 10 years, and they still have their quarterback, diminished or not, Eli Manning. This is New York. Does Odell Beckham Jr. have any idea what a Giants-Cowboys game gets in the ratings with or without him? Yeah. And right now, the Giants do not have a Sunday night football game. And Odell is right. People are attracted to him. To him. But when you talk about winning, the last two years, he played in 16 of 32 games, and they were 4-12 and in those 16 games. Yeah, he's so great. Could he get him to 8-8? And and, and remember this, Tony. He is responsible for a great catch. The one that he had on Sunday night football against Dallas. But they lost the game. So to me, that kind of defined Odell. Unbelievable talent. No one is questioning that, but he didn't win. So when you think about these great Giants, and by the way, the Giants have had a pretty good brand over the year. Guys like Lawrence Taylor, Phil Sims, a lot Eli of Hall Manning. Guys. Yes. They got a lot of Hall of Fame and guys. I still say and he's New not, York. Yeah, I still say he's not responsible. The greatest catch in history is David Tyree, which, by the way, was in a Super Bowl. Against his head. Yes. Against his head beating the Patriots. That, that's, that's the other thing. You, you, for people that don't understand New York, the New York Jets are not... No. New York Giants. The New York Giants are the football team in New York. And if you have an opportunity to put them on TV, and by the way, if they're 5-11 and 11 and Eli Manning is struggling, that sort of adds to the drama. Now, Odell Beckham Jr. is an enormously talented player. I think he may overrate his importance to the sort of global notion of the NFL. Don't you think all receivers kind of do that? Receivers are great players. But you also need a great quarterback. And, hey, let's not let Eli Manning off the hook here. He has not played well the last yes, few years. Right. But when they did make the playoffs, Odell... To his credit, admitted, I did not did have not a good have game. A good he had game. a terrible did game. Did not have a good game. Our friend Brian Windhorst of ESPN, speaking on his podcast, The Hoop Collective, says that the Lakers think they got played by Kawhi Leonard, that he never had any intention of signing there, and that his deliberation cost the Lakers other free agents. Frank, should we have sympathy for the Lakers? <laughs> no one should ever have sympathy for the Lakers. And by the way, some of those free agents they lost out on were Seth Curry, very good player, Jeff Green, you didn't lose out on the big-name players. Come on. And Toronto's also upset. But come on now, Toronto, when you acquired Kawhi Leonard, you knew what you were getting. And he's the flaky guy. He's not going to make any kind of crazy commitment. Who do the Lakers think they are? You lost out on LaMarcus Aldridge. You've lost out on a bunch of – you lost out on Paul George. So why should the Lakers be upset? This is arrogance of the Lakers. So I like the Lakers. I love LeBron. I think that the league is best when the Lakers and the Celtics are great. But if you're going to ask me to have sympathy, I have no sympathy. I have no sympathy. Because let's look at this for a second. You know, they got Anthony Davis, who they tried to get all year. Then if there's anybody else they want, it's Kawhi Leonard. If they get Kawhi Leonard, we're not listening to this nonsense. There's nobody else out there that they truly wanted or couldn't get. They wanted Kawhi Leonard. So to me... You want them to be good, and they're a lot better than they were. And they're going to be good in the fact that Kawhi went to the Clippers. It helps the balance of power. But I think Kawhi looked at it this way. He wanted to play with Paul George. So it was going to be either with the Clippers or Toronto. And I think the Lakers were his third option. Most people you talked to all year long, Tony, said he was going to the Clippers. And that's where he ended up. I don't know how anyone could feel bad for the Lakers that they missed out on some next-level free agents. But I, I will say this. When Mike and I sit here, Mike always attacks the Knicks. You know, and, and that's fine. The Knicks have two championships in 70 years. Yeah. The Knicks are not a relevant franchise. The Lakers and the Celtics and Philadelphia, these are relevant historical franchises that are important to the league. You don't want a league where the Lakers never make the playoffs, and it's been a long time. It's, it, dim- it diminishes yeah. the league. Yeah, and the ownership of the Lakers is at odds with the ownership of the Clippers, so it adds to a lot but of But sympathy, interest. zero. No. 
No. Zero sympathy. Christmas Day, Clippers, Lakers, mark it down. All right, the Mets' Jeff McNeil is one player who doesn't live and die by the home run. The Wall Street Journal's Jared Diamond wrote how in the era of home runs and on-base percentage, McNeil, who is batting three thirty nine, actually cares about batting average. How about that? But should he? The Astros' Alex Bregman recently said that all hitters care about now is on-base percentage, not batting average, calling it, quote, an old stat that doesn't matter. Tony, is McNeil making a mistake by focusing on batting average? Okay. He's batting 339. Pretty good. That means a little bit more than one every three official at bats, he gets a hit. That means, if you want to talk about on base percentage, he's starting at 339. Yep. So if somebody makes an error, or he gets a walk, or he gets on base in some other way, it's up near 400. I, I don't understand. This, I have the same feeling about batting average being diminished as I have about wins for a pitcher being diminished. If you have a pitcher who wins 20 games, that means 20 different times his team got enough yeah, runs for him, right. and he lasted long enough to get that win. If you, I'm not saying ERA isn't important, but I'm saying stop diminishing wins and stop diminishing batting average. And you know what the thing is with on-base percentage, which is factoring in walks and you know, giving uh, you know, more to extra base hits and home runs? The fans understand batting average. Like when Ted Williams yeah. hit 400, yeah, you know, they know what that is. people know what that is. He's getting a hit, hit, you know, four hits out of every ten times up at the plate. We understand what that means. When George Brett in 1980 was going for 400, that's about 380 to three, like 388 yeah, maybe? That meant a lot to people. So on-base percentage, I get it, the yeah. way the GMs look at it in this metric age that we're in, and the way the players do in terms of money. But batting average should still mean something. By the way, he strikes out. 13% of his out. plate appearances. The league average is 24%. Yeah. Thank God we got a guy that puts the so ball he, in so play. So Joe DiMaggio never struck out. Yep. You know, and, and it's important not to strike out. This guy, everybody pays attention to launch angle and exit velocity. By this guy getting on base, he gives a power hitter a chance to hit a two-run home run. Yes. Which is better than a one-run yes. home run. I, I'm, I'm sort of stunned that his, his competence is being disregarded. I mean, I don't really yeah, get that. 340 is pretty impressive. Yeah. You know how many people hit 300 in a year? Maybe three or four. Not yeah. very many at all. Steve Spurrier is wearing a championship ring from the AF Orlando <laughs> Apollos, which Spurrier coached to a 7-1 record. He recently sent out this tweet, and I quote, Thank you, Orlando, and everyone involved in the Apollos organization for putting together the best team in the league. Congrats to the 2019 AAF champions, unquote. Frank should Spurrier wear this championship ring with pride, even though the league folded before it even got to the playoffs. Sure, why not? He won a national championship as a college coach. I think what he's trying to do is give the league a little publicity. I think he likes to troll people, as young kids like to say. I think that's what it's all about. He knows that there wasn't a playoffs. But they did finish, by the way, two games better than any other team, including your favorite team, Birmingham. So let, me, so let me get to this, because I understand they don't have a champion. But when the music stopped... He had by far the best record. Seven so I'm fine with them giving him a championship ring. I'm finer with that than I am with UCF claiming to have been the champions a couple <laughs> yeah. of years ago when, when everybody understood that they were not. When I first heard this story today, it, it was explained to me that he was wearing this ring at SEC Media Day. And I said, what was he doing at SEC Media Day? I thought, I've been in Delaware for four days. Did I miss something? <laughs> did he get did a he, job? Did he get a job at Mississippi yeah. State? Did he, get, did he get a job? You know, where did he get a job? Vanderbilt? You know, what happened? How was he in there? I love Steve Spurrier. And if he wants to wear this ring, 
And, and God he, bless and him. Come on, Tony. He knew exactly what he's going to do by publicizing this because he's coached in college and was successful. He wasn't successful in the NFL. The and NFL. he coaches in what is the minor leagues. It's a way to keep his name out there. And guess what? It worked. They, they did have the best record. More. I don't know why out. a person would not hire Steve Spurrier if he wanted to coach. So let's take a I break. Coming up, should NBA fans be excited that James Harden says he has developed a new move that looks like traveling, but of course is not. Looks like traveling. And Zlatan Ibrahimovic makes a statement against LAFC. Several statements. Did you watch the Open? Because it really yes. did look good, right? And, and Graham McDowell ring. was like the maitre d'. Pardon the interruption is brought to you by AutoZone. Get in the zone. And Sport Clips haircuts. Cut the weight. Download the Sport Clips app today. And now, a thought from Geico Motorcycle. It took 15 minutes to take a spirit animal quiz online. Please be the cheetah. Please be the cheetah. And learn your animal isn't the cheetah, but the far less appealing blobfish. Oh, come on. To add insult to injury, you could have used those 15 blobfish minutes to switch your motorcycle insurance to Geico. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on motorcycle insurance. We think so much of your emails that we have an intern go through them. <laughs> Let me see what's first today. Mail time! And first is James Hart says he has developed a new move that looks like traveling, but isn't. Are you curious to see it? And Harden said this on Friday at some promotional event in Houston. The guy last year averaged 36 points a game. The year before, 30 points a game when he went on to win the MVP. The league is already complaining that he travels too much on a step back. I think it's smart that he's saying this. You're getting inside everyone's head, including head coaches and defenders, opposing defenders. No, I mean, yes, I think you do this. You put the referees on notice. You say to them, I know what it looks like uh, to your untrained eyes, but to my trained eyes, I understand it's not traveling. But it is traveling. It is traveling. LeBron has a crab step yep. or a euro yep. step or a space jams eight step. And, and it's traveling. And it, it happens all over in basketball. These people take three, four, five, and six steps, and it's traveling. But there were a couple last year where he was shuffling his feet about three times, then stepping back and shooting the ball. It's almost like the referees are so mesmerized by what he's doing that they're not looking at his feet. He's still going to, well, I was going to say he's still going to score 35, but with Westbrook on the team, he's not going to score 35. Who, who would you give the ball to? Next letter. Who's ever open. Let's go to the next one. The other guy runs to the corner and gets a pass one out of five times. Do you think Vic Fangio's old school ways will play in today's NFL? So Fangio was a defensive coordinator for many years. Yes. And made a great reputation developing pass rushers. A defensive coordinator. Responsible just for that. Now he's the head coach of the Denver Broncos, and he's responsible for a lot more people, including offensive players. He doesn't even know their names, I guarantee you. He he banned music from pre like practice stretching, stretching and from practice, he banned music. This is considered old school. What I consider this to be is you better have guys on offense and defense who swear by you or you're a one-and-done coach. Allegedly, Von Miller, who's a great player, loves Fangio. If I were Fangio, I'd make sure Joe Flacco loved me too. Tony, it's one thing to have music playing in the locker room before practice, after practice. Does it really have to be played while guys are stretching. He even said, listen, when I'm trying to talk to players, I, they can't hear me over the music. It is still a place of business. And here's what's going to happen. But will players if, go for that? But here's what happens. If they win, everyone will it's say fine. it's the right thing. If they, they lose, this. well, he's not a player's coach. Right, and he'll be gone because he'll be seen but as But it'll still be harsh. wins and losses. Oh, sure. Well, well, that's Thanks. the deal. 
Did Zlatan, and I know he's your boy, yep. did Zlatan prove he's the best MLS player by outscoring Carlos Vela 3-2? to two? Yes, he did. And this was Friday night. They call it El Trafico. And Zlatan had three beautiful goals. How about this one? The little flick over them with the right foot. Zlatan had said before the game, I am the best player. What was ugly was late in the game. He did give an elbow to a player at LAFC. The guy's head is basically dented. He pushes his way around in interviews on the field, and he almost challenges MLS. You're going to suspend me because that offense is a suspendable offense, what he did. So I love Zlatan. He's yep. been a guest on the show a couple of times, and, and he has been great. I am told this is called a perfect hat trick because it's one with your left foot, one with your right foot, and one head. with your head. He also has a quote that I find particularly interesting in which he talks about his position at MLS. He says, I'm a Ferrari playing with Fiats. And that's probably true in the MLS. But if he were, he's, at this point, he's more like a Buick Enclave than a Ferrari. Because <laughs> if he were like a Ferrari, he would be in Europe being a Ferrari, right? Yeah. Right? By the way, Carlos Vela said, forget age, Last look at the one. stats, I'm the best player. Well, not head-to-head you weren't. Well, he's got more goals. Head-to-head, the guy was 3-2 to two right. over you. How would you describe Oliver Drake's pitch? You got to see this pitch because it's just watch this. I right, roll the tape quicker so we get <laughs> watch this pitch. It's unbelievable. That is a wiffle ball pitch. I used to do this 60 years ago against the back wall of the Wallbaum supermarket <laughs> on Peninsula Boulevard in Lindbrook, Long Island. I know. I could never do it with a real baseball. Um, this guy's a journeyman. His career record is five and seven. Over five years in the majors. He is with his seventh team in the majors. If he could consistently throw that pitch, he'd be an all-star. That's an impossible pitch to hit. You know who consistently threw that pitch? The guy that went into the Hall of Fame yesterday, Mariano Rivera. That's what it looks like. It looks like a cutter. It's, it's how, you know, it happened over the weekend. The so opposite the, of a curveball. Yeah, the internet goes into crazy, but there have been other guys oh, that sure. have done that, including your guy in the National, Stephen Strasburg. Not, what, not, not, not with that kind of Not break. with that much of a break. Right. But it looks like because he's a righty, it actually looks like he's throwing it left-handed, the break that it's it has. It's an amazing on. break. Is that not a screwball, which I I'm told yeah. it's not being thrown no. anymore. It, it defies the, the law of ha- physics. That that, is, that's what it looks like. That's amazing. Enough email. Let's take one last break still to come. When Cowboys camp opens, will Ezekiel Elliott be taking a vacation? And should the Patriots be concerned about the health of Julian Edelman? I was great with a wiffle ball. Not so much at the wall box. Yeah, yeah the you had the Peninsula Boulevard. Are you familiar with that yes. at all? Limbrook on the corner, Limbrook and Hewlett, basically, where they Are intersect. You in the Hall of Fame there, too? Hewlett. Yeah, my high school. Come on now. Pardon the interruption is brought to you by Corona Extra. Find your beach. And AutoZone. Get in the zone. Happy time, people. Happy 24th birthday, Ezekiel Elliott. He's a great player. He's the best running back in football. He wants a new contract, and if he doesn't get one, he's threatening not to report to training camp. Reportedly, he's making plans to leave the country. What, Belgium needs a running back? The Cowboys are crazy not to make this guy happy. You know what, he led the league in rushing attempts, rushing yards. I'm more worried about him off the field than on the field. On the field, absolutely outstanding. Not so happy anniversary, Ryan Braun. On this day six years ago, you were suspended by Major League Baseball for the rest of the 2013 regular season, a total of 65 games after being linked to the biogenesis scandal. A year before that, when Braun went on television and denied ever doing anything wrong with performance-enhancing drugs, he was completely convincing, at least to me. I believed him utterly, and he made us all look like fools. And by the way, he's still a very good player. 
By the way, since the suspension, one year of at least 30 home runs. Prior to that, he had five years of at least 32 or more home runs. Was a great player, is now a good player. Yes. Happy Trails, Will Myers, representing the tying run in the ninth inning of a one-run game. The Padres' Myers looked like he had second base stolen. The throw was offline, but Cubs shortstop Javi Baez, nicknamed El Mago, or the Magician, slapped the tag on Myers' foot just before his hand reached the base. This is a great instinctive play by Baez, and I'm sure that Wilbon, who is in China now, <laughs> has seen this and is thrilled by it. Great play by Baez, the slap tag. By the way, Myers with 0 for 4. You say batting average doesn't matter? He's batting 216. You think he'd like to be batting 330? Does matter. Our good friend Jeff McNeil. A couple of corrections and an omission. George Brett batted 390 in 1980, not 388. I had him confused with Rod Carew. The New York Giants have won two Super Bowls in the last 12 years, not 10. Cliffy and the Spurs have named Tim <laughs> wow. Duncan an assistant coach. That's big. It is big. He wants I mean, to get back to work. He I doesn't want to sit so. around at home all the time. Let's go to the big finish. 40-year-old Manny Pacquiao won a split decision over previously undefeated Keith Thurman on Saturday. Were you impressed? I'm like you. Anything that anybody could do over the age of 40 in sports, I'm impressed. Yeah. The Wizards now full-time GM Tommy Shepard says he will offer Bradley Beal a three-year, $100 million extension. $111 million extension. It's a lot of money, but they're not going to win. Uh, 25 games this coming season. If I were Bradley Beal, I would try to get on a different team. He'll be gone. Zion Williamson withdrew from the USA's World Cup basketball team. Does that make sense to What you? doesn't make, he should practice with them, but I get why he doesn't want to commit to six weeks. That's how long it is. From the start of training camp to the last game in China. It's a long time. Julian Edelman will be out for three weeks of patch camp with a thumb injury. Significant to you? No, no. Brady and Edelman know each other so well. If he's if he misses games, it matters. He's missing training camp. No. Last one. A's and Astros start a three-game series tonight. Is that a real race? It could be a real race if the A's start winning some games. They're six and a half out right now. By the way, 57 and 43. Pretty good. We're out of time. Trying to do better the next time. And I'm Tony Kornheiser. And I'm Frank Isola. Thanks for watching. You can get the PGI podcast on the ESPN app or Apple Podcasts. Pooh Bear and Farley, shout out. Nice playing with you the other day. <laughs> nice shirt.